En Lowe's, trae cuenta ser un pro. Ahorra 5% todos los días en compras elegibles con una tarjeta de crédito de negocios de Lowe's. Con cuatro opciones de tarjetas, tenemos la solución correcta para tu negocio. Abre tu cuenta de crédito hoy y empieza a ahorrar 5% todos los días. Lowe's sabe de ahorros. Lowe's sabe de pros. Sujeto a aprobación de crédito, aplican exclusiones y términos. Detalles en tiendas o Lowe's.com diagonal credit solo en Estados Unidos. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your introducing host, Matt Roca. As always, I'm joined by a guy who watched the World Cup uh, final between Argentina and France and texted me that he no longer wants to be an Orioles podcast, but a soccer podcast, the button lover, Josh Roca. There, there was a soccer game? Wow, oh, you're an idiot. Uh, and I did not watch the soccer game on Sunday morning. I saw everyone talking about it. I uh, did not watch it. We did not watch one of the most most important sporting events of our lifetime. And you, I did. That. I did not. I did not watch it. I saw the parade today. The parade okay, was pretty I, crazy. I, I didn't see the parade. I assume it was crazy. I was a little distracted because I got, I had a voicemail on my phone on Sunday morning. Yeah, it didn't have anything to do about football. But would you like to hear my vo- this weird voicemail? Okay. Hey, what's up, Josh? This is Kyle Gibson, as you know, uh, officially a Baltimore Orioles. I'm excited about it. Uh, lots of great things I've heard about Baltimore. It's always been one of my favorite places Camden Yards has been to play. Uh, opened up there in 2014 with Minnesota. And, uh, man, that's a fun place to play when it's packed out. And I cannot wait to see it packed out this year. I uh, heard a lot of really good things about some of the Baltimore podcasts as well. The Section 336 podcast seems to be near the top of the list there. So, uh, can't wait to hear a little bit more about it and uh, find out more about Birdland. All right, let's go Orioles. Hey, Kyle Gibson. Oh, so you just get random voicemails now by I get random, uh, I get random recent voicemails. Orioles signings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm waiting. Mikel Gibbons hasn't called me yet. We'll get to that, I'm sure. Yeah, but it takes no, that... a couple of weeks. I think Kyle Gibson what signed two weeks ago, so it took a yeah. little bit for the voicemail to show up. No, that's cool. I'm glad he left the voicemail. I'm glad he got your number somehow. And and listen, I think we're really good. We like Jordan Lyles. I think Oriole fans are really going to like Kyle Gibson a lot. I, I think I, I do. It's a now it's a video message, and that's uh that I forget sometimes. Like baseball players look all good when they're in their uniform and on the baseball yeah. field, and sometimes you lose a little confidence in a guy when they're not dressed up in uniform. Yeah, 
But I'm excited for Kyle Gibson because I think he is. I think he's the next step of Jordan Lyles the more I look into his stuff. Yeah, I think he's a little bit improved, Jordan Lyles, and uh, I think he also provides that veteran leadership. He's a real smart dude, and I think he's going to fit in really well and be a good leader for young pitchers like Grayson and DL Hall and also be a really good pitcher for us. So, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy about the Kyle Gibson signing. Me too. Me too. I'm sorry to bring up weak news for two weeks ago, but it's it, but we got to – he called us, yeah. so he must want us to talk about him some more. Absolutely. We uh, will talk about him a lot this year. He's he's a big part of the team. Um, and, and you know, we'll get to some other signings that happened this week because the Orioles got better. I, I mean, the Orioles are making small moves to get better um, and maybe not moves we expected them to make, but I think they're getting better in small ways. So so we'll get into some of the moves that they made this yeah. week and, not- and some of the moves they, they didn't make that other teams made. We'll talk about that as well. Right. It's not liftoff, but we're gaining ground. Right. Well, it's, I mean, some kind of liftoff. Mm. But maybe not the liftoff that we all envisioned. Yes. I'll give you that. Hey, some, uh, if we're jumping right into it, some, I mean, we signed Jordan Lyle. I mean, we signed Kyle Gibson a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago. Signings this week, big signings, the biggest of all, Carlos Correa. Signed yeah. the Giants, 13 what? years, $350 million. Josh, what are your thoughts on Giants? Well, Pending a physical, uh, 13 years, 350. It was about five minutes after I posted last week's episode. Yeah, that we talked about one in Carlos Correa. That burned a little bit because I I held it together after last week's slow winter meetings because Correa was still available. Um, That's a lot of money. And it's what we talked about before, that this free agent class, like the finances is out of control. And I get not wanting to be a part of that. I understand that because it's a whole lot of money. And it's, it's still, a long commitment. Oh, and 13, 13 years. years. I mean, that's like Cal. Well, I mean, Cal Ripken was what much longer than 13 years in Baltimore. But 13 years is quite a statement for a club. And quite a, like that means if you're a kid growing up, you're going to be cheering for Carlos Correa. Say so you're eight now. You're going to be graduating college <laughs> and Correa is still a giant. Yeah, or at least you're so, still paying him. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least the contract still goes. So it's a long time. I don't. I understand avoiding that. I don't want to pay the deal that that the Giants paid, but I sure miss Correa. I yeah. would have liked him here. Yeah, it seems like if you look at free agency this year, it's like two options. You're you're getting you know six to thirteen years you know, the Bogarts for 11 years or whatever, or it's a one-year deal. <laughs> like, there's yeah. no there's no three-year deals out there. There's no, no. three- or four-year deals. And that, that's what, like, we want, but those things don't exist anymore. The great players are getting 10 years plus, and the the good players or average players are getting one year. Right, like, right. That. Yeah, which means we're, which is why we're not making those moves. Because I don't know if you do a 10, 13, 12-year deal with the type of farm system we have. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I mean, the argument could be made that, especially for a middle infielder, when you have Gunnar Henderson and Jackson Holiday, um, two of what you think will be the top in middle infielders in baseball, yeah. um, in in three years, well, what do you do with this guy? What in do you do with years? Correa in year four or five and six? Well, I know it's a good problem to have, but it's a lot of money when you might run into that problem. 
Yeah. And I mean, I'm not, I'm less concerned about the money part. I mean, we have the money, whatever that AAV turns out to be, we could pay that and still be bottom half a league in payroll. Sure. Like it's not, it's not a money issue thing. We can afford it. I, I think the issue maybe becomes the years, right? Like if you're still paying Correa in five years from now, then all of a sudden Adley Rutschman free agency comes up and then Gunner's free agency comes think, up. Think about that. And then Grace's I mean, free agency comes up. Yeah. The money becomes complicated. Right. But think about that. 13 years. 13 years means that an eight-year-old now could be playing, who's eight years old now, could be idolizing Correa, grow up, and be playing with Correa before his contract's over. Oh, yeah. I mean, just think about how old you'll be in 13 years. Isn't that a depressing thought? <laughs> uh, how old will I be? I'll be uh, 56. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that wild? Um, yeah, that's pretty depressing. Yeah. So... It's it's the the years is 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 crazy, but again, that's the cost of doing business. If you want a superstar, how old I, will Peter Angelos be in thirteen years? Um, uh, the question is, how many owners will the Orioles have had in thirteen years? Well, um, the, uh, certainly oh, yeah. John and Lou will not be on the team in thirteen years. Well, I mean, the the answer is one hundred and six, but the real question, you're right, is is would that thirteen year contract transfer to Nashville? Yeah. Well, when John no longer owns a team, it can transfer to wherever the new owner wants it to transfer to, I guess. What's funny is, you know, when you Google a name into Google and it'll sometimes it'll say like also and it'll have like other names that go along with it. OK, sure. Yeah. All right, so I searched Peter Angelos. So what uh, there's three more names that came right below that says people also search for. I would Dan I Snyder, you, maybe I will give you 10 bucks if you can get any of these three names. Dan Snyder. They are all. Orioles related names. Okay. Um, I would I mean my first thought would be Lou or Joe Angelos. No. No family members. The first uh, one is 69 years old. So it's not a, a Michael Elias situation because he's in his 40s. 69 years old. Um, 69 years old. Next clue. None of these guys are currently employed by the Orioles. Oh, are they former players or formal management? One former is management. How Ripken in there? No. Andy McPhail, Brady Anderson, and here's the wild card, Steve Pierce. Oh, that's bizarre. <laughs> that we, I don't know how they come up with that. That's why I had to point it out to you because whatever Google Analytics is doing makes no sense. But it's also, you know how Google asks, has questions, suggested questions. Yeah, Those are interesting too because it's, does Peter Angelos still answer the, own the Orioles? That's a normal question. How many right. children does Peter Angelos have? Normal question. How right. old is John Angelos? Normal question. <laughs> Here's right. my favorite. Question number four. Does Peter Angelos have dementia? Mm. I guess people, that is a response to people Googling that. Um, right. Well, it's because in the lawsuit, it says that he suffers from advanced dementia. Uh, okay. All right. Um, other so that's my Peter Angelos Google trivia for the day. Yeah, I would like to know if the Orioles and I'll like, remind people like, we're at the end of December and the Orioles aren't doing much, so it's going to yeah. go down rabbit trails like that. Yeah, well, I mean, the Orioles did make a, two, I think, major signings, which I'm excited to talk about. But <laughs> okay, right, but just to wrap up the Correa stuff, um, yeah. you know what I wonder about and what we'll never know is. If the Orioles, how hard did they pursue a Carlos Correa? Did did yeah. did they say, hey, listen, you want to do another Twins deal uh, with an opt out? We'll pay you a ton of money the first two years, and then you can opt out. 
um, because you're because you're that young. Uh, like, did they try to get creative and they, and did they make an effort? That's the thing we don't know about any, any of these players, right. Um, right? Because on the one hand, part of me is okay that they didn't sign Carlos Correa for 13 years and 350. Um, on the other hand, though, I want them to be pursuing these top free agents, and I hope they right. are at least making efforts to try. And to, I think, and if, and if they choose not to sign, or if you can't figure out the years because you don't want to go 13 years. I only certain organizations are able to do that. I get it. Yeah. I'm okay with it, but I, I still want to be in the business of pursuing the, those guys. Right. I think Carlos Rendon stung to me more than Carlos Correa because I thought he was a realistic option. Where Correa, I thought there's a chance, but it's kind of a dream scenario. Carlos Rendon, I thought I could reasonably see that working out for the Orioles. Um, he ended up getting a lot of money for only six years. Six and years, one sixty-two. Yeah. Right. The fact that it's going to the Yankees stings, makes it stings a whole lot more. Yeah, that's that's the next one I want to talk about. Carlos Rendon, six for one sixty-two, and that you're right. Like that's the deal that Orioles could do. Like the Orioles could do six for one sixty-two. That's not, I think, insane. Isn't an overpay? Sure, but, but all everything has been this year. Yeah, yeah. It's just the cost of doing business. Um, and you're right. I think something that's not talked enough about is when you sign someone you also prevent someone else from signing that guy. Right. Right. Like not only did the Orioles like not get a top of the rotation left-handed pitching arm, but a rival got them. Um, I, before the show, I always speaking to Google, um, I Google Orioles and I click the news tab just to see what's in the news. Okay. And the fourth one down is by a, a website called Yanks go hard. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Yanks Go Yard. And the heading of the <laughs> that article... Makes sense. That makes more sense. The heading of the article is Orioles are bailing out Yankees and AL East by botching free agency. And they talk about how the Orioles have done nothing in free agency. And, and I remember everyone also, by the way, with the Yankees saying, oh, they signed Aaron Judge. This is somehow a good thing because now the Yankees can't spend any more money right. because all their money is spent on Aaron Judge. And then two weeks later, they signed Carlos Rendon the next top free agent for six years, 162. But I thought the Yankees didn't have any money. Huh. Interesting how that works. Interesting how teams find money when they really want to sign players. Right. So, and then what's that? 26 million a year or something for six years, 162. It's not bad. It's not that overblown for the, for the top of your rotation. Yeah. Especially when you have, you know, the, the payroll of the Orioles where you're not paying anybody right now. Um, and it's that the, even the six years is, I think, is doable because you know, the last you, you're going to be paying and it's 27 million a year. Um, you, you'll be paying a lot more, you know, at the end, you're still paying that, that 27 million. But I think in four years, that 27 million, first of all, will look less because the salaries always increase over time, right? Um, but by that point, you'll be at the end of the salary, so you can give these other players long term deals knowing that this deal is coming to the end. Like, I feel like that six-year mark is like the max the Orioles might want to spend years-wise. Right. And and it was clearly a need. I mean, for the Yankees, he becomes, what, their third or fourth best pitcher. But for us, he would have been our ace. And so it's it's a little frustrating, you know, that we missed out on him. That's, yeah. And it, it would have been overpaying, but you figure this whole market's overpaid. to be in, For the Orioles to make a statement, they need to overpay. So yeah. I, that one stings. That one hurts, but we'll get through it. 
Yeah. Um, and so just other quick signings that have signed this week that were either linked to the Orioles or I know we've talked about before, just to kind of put a bow in this discussion because a lot of guys were picked up this week. Um, Jordan Lyles signed with the Royals for, yeah. for, for two years. Again, and, and two years, 16 million. So 8 million a year. I would have liked the Orioles to make that move. Not me. I don't know if you have room with Kyle Gibson and him. Like someone's get, getting pushed out by the summer, but I don't think that's a bad move. Yeah, I, I don't see how there's room for him. Um, so I'm okay with not making that deal. Uh, Justin Turner to the Red Sox. If you don't think there's room for him, it's because you think you still believe that we'll get a top of the rotation guy. No, 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 it's not. It, it's it's. I think he's a fourth starter, and we have three fourth starters. Okay. We don't have a top of the guy. All right. Um, Justin Turner signed with the Red Sox. Um, we I think there was some talk about him being a middle of the order bat. Um, Astro signed Michael Brantley, um, or re-signed Michael Brantley. There was some talk about him being that left-handed. Right, we, guy. right. We've we've been saying the whole time we need a top of the rotation and a left-handed bat, and yeah. we haven't filled either need yet. A couple other left-handed bats that went off the market: Joey Gallo signed with the Twins, and Ben Attendee, who I liked just because how good he was against us with the Red Sox all those years. Ben Attendee goes to the White Sox, um, so those left-handed hitters are off the board. What was Ben? What is what was Ben Attendee's contract? Yeah, four years, fifty-six million. Yeah, I thought that was a little. I thought that was pretty high. For Benefende. Yeah, a lot of people said that was... 13, 14 million a year? That seems a little crazy. Yeah, but again, I mean, I think it would have been an upgrade on our team. Yes, I agree. The Orioles aren't paying anybody, so we could pay him for four years. Uh, okay. I feel like that's a move we could have made, actually. But yeah, it was it was overpaying a lot. Um, I don't remember if it was this week. Did you mention last Swanson? No, Did I didn't mention Swanson. Because he signed with the Cubs. Yes. He's done with the Cubs. Seven years. Um, Six years, I thought. I saw seven years. Okay. Um, I don't know. $141 million. Oh, yeah, you're you're right. Seven years, $177 million. Looking at now. Seven years, $177 million. So, yeah, all the shortstop got big deals. Shortstops are gone. So then we, right. It's really, those left-handers are going away. Those, it's, it's getting interesting about, like, when I look at the free agency list now, no one stands out as, oh, that's better than our farm system. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, if you want to look at it like I just, if you organize it by like Fangrash projected war and you look at like the top 25 guys, there's only like three guys left on there and they're near the bottom of the list. Gene Segura, if you're interested, a right handed hitting second baseman, which we don't need, especially after signing Frazier. Um, Elvis Andrews, a right-handed hitting shortstop, which again I feel like we don't need at this point. And then he's 34 years old. And then the other guy in there is a guy who you know I've been beating the drum that I want this guy is Nathan Avaldi. Um, and so I think if we want to salvage our our offseason, I think Nathan Avaldi is a guy oh, the that could be an opening day starter. He's the only guy left in free agency. I feel like that 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 could fit that opening day top rotation. What about a Corey Kluber? Yeah, I mean, when you get into Corey Kluber, you're getting to that. That'd be a two-year deal type thing. I mean, I guess that's a similar guy to Kyle Gibson. Yeah, I mean, Corey Kluber is 37. I I know there was links to also the Orioles. Rich Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. he's 42 years old. Yeah, 42. When he he signs, 
he will be the oldest, literally the oldest player to ever play. That can't be true. Wasn't Jesse Orasco playing into his 40s? But no, I mean, it says he will be the oldest player to ever play for the for the Baltimore Orioles if he signs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you have those Kluber, Rich Hill. There's also rumblings about Michael Waka, if you like Michael Waka. Yeah, what happened to those? Those Michael Waka rumors came in real strong and then kind of stopped. Yeah, I mean, I think that's another possibility. Um, so, yeah, it's possible that we still sign one of those veteran arms, a Hill, a Kluber, a Waka. Um, Dylan Bundy? Can we get him real cheap? Bring him back? I mean, if you want him. Is he even a free agent? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, he's a free agent. I, I, haven't been, I haven't been keeping up with the Dylan. So, I mean, the um, the I mean, we'll get to the Michael Givens signing, but that, that that's a reunion. That is a reunion. That now, that's probably the only reunion the Orioles will have, because it also came out today that the Orioles talked to Trey Mancini, but it didn't go anywhere. Yeah, uh, the the top if the Orioles news, the top article is from one hour ago from MLB trade rumors. Orioles unlikely to sign Trey Mancini, and that's a, I mean the Adam Fraser signing, I think sealed that deal. Yeah, I mean, they've said all along they're looking for left-handed hitters. Um, Trayvon Seen's a right-handed hitter. Um, I'm, I mean, I would not be opposed to bringing back the veteran bat. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he seems he to play like, this. What, 150 in the playoffs? That yeah, hurts. I mean, he played better for the Orioles than he did for the Astros. Yes. Um, Even with the wall moved. Yeah. So you're assuming he plays like he did for the Orioles and not like he did for the Astros if you sign him. Um, I mean, he'll, he's going to sign a major deal. He's going to make some millions of dollars this year. There's no doubt about it. Um, but he he seems to be very similar to Ryan Mountcastle, right? right? DH first base. If you put him in the outfield, it's a downgrade defense. A little less you, pop. You can't play him in left field at all anymore in Camden Yards because left field's so big. Right. Um, and what, like we mentioned, the offensive numbers are hurt by left field as well. Um, he doesn't have much speed, so he doesn't really take advantage of um, the larger outfield like some other players do. So, All right, so no Trey Mancini, and we're okay with that. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, I'm okay. I, I would like, in a perfect world, I would like Trey Mancini. Like, would I prefer to have Trey Mancini on my baseball team? Yes, but I also get why we're not going there. The other pitcher to sign that I just want to mention, because he was some people linked up to the Orioles, is Noah Syndergaard, signed with the Dodgers, right. along with J- J- J.D. Martinez, by the way, also signed with the Dodgers. Um, so those guys, those names are off the board as well. Um, so actually a really kind of heavy action this week, I feel like, with free agency. Yeah. Um, most, most of mostly guys signing away from the Orioles. Yeah, but the Orioles also got two guys. Um, but yeah, all those guys were bigger name guys than the ones the Orioles got. Um, so yeah. let's get to the Oral moves. Um, right. Let's start with the bigger move of the two. Adam Frazier, um, second baseman. Played for Seattle last year. Before that, played you know a bunch of years for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Left-handed hitting, um, second baseman. Uh, signed for one year, eight million dollars. Uh, Josh, your initial shares a birthday with me. Throw that out there. We have the same <laughs> birthday. I'm um, not the same um, year. I'm older than him, but same birth uh, month and day. Um, thoughts is, on Adam Frazier. It is. Some really good veteran leadership. His bat has seemed to go downhill every year. He had power years ago, 
but it doesn't seem like he's had it recently. Defensively, he's an improvement, which is crazy to say that he's a defensive improvement when we had guys that were gold glove caliber. So I think it's part of that veteran leadership. It's part of one year veteran leadership, rock solid defense to show pitchers we're serious, to show our young pitchers that we've got guys behind them. I think back to, I think back to Machado and JJ Hardy, Chris Davis, uh, Robert Andino uh, infield, where like they made the pitchers better. That infield made the pitchers perform better and made it feel more comfortable that you could give up little grounders because we're going to turn a double play. And I think Frazier is part of that. Like, let's help these young pitchers out. That's what the Orioles did back then. Let's try to do that now where we have really rock-solid defense that helps pitchers get more comfortable on the mound. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his defensive metrics, they they work out really well. I mean, presumably this feels a little bit like the Kyle Gibson deal where it's like a, a slight upgrade over Jordan Lyles. Like, he's, he is definitely, I feel, an upgrade over Rodin Adore both defensively and offensively, like you mentioned, less yes. pop, less home run power than Odor, um, but also just but overall around better defense. player. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, Brandon Hyde was in love with Odor's ability to turn double play, but Odor would also, like, you know, boot some plays and miss some it's easy ones. Weird mistakes. Yeah, on the base paths and on the um, in the field. Um, and so this feels like an upgrade over Odor. I tell you what, one of the, there's some interesting things about this move. To me, the most interesting interesting thing, Josh, is even last year. So two years ago, he had an all star year. Yeah, he ba- he batted three oh five. Um, he had a WAR of three point six. So what made a great year? Yeah. So what made last year different? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, he. I mean, he. I don't know. I. I mean, I don't know. Last year was his in some in some respects. Um, one of his was career it? worst years. Uh, it was. He, I mean, he's a career average um, 273 hitter, and last year he batted 238. But the thing right. that's intriguing about him, Josh, is the OBP. No, his right. his K rate. He just doesn't strike out a lot. Josh, do you know who led, who struck out the least? If you look at percentages, who struck out the least last year for the Orioles? The least yeah. would be um, Mateo. No. Um, the answer is more obvious. The least strikeouts. Guy uh, also had a great bat and I had a lot of walks. Was also our, 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 our should have been the rookie of the year. Also, oh, 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 Adley Rushman. Around when Adley he Rushman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Adley Rushman struck out the least. He struck out 18.3% of the time. Okay. 18% of the time he, he was up to plate, he struck out. In a down year, Adam Frazier struck out 12% of the time. So by far, That's... he 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 is he's never had a year where he struck out more than his rookie year, he struck out 16% of the time. So his worst year striking out is better than our kind of best player at avoiding the strikeout. So well, he doesn't would, strike out. That would go back then to my my notice of his obp his own base because part of that is his walk rate he had 42 walks last year the year before he had 43 in 2020 which was the shortened year the covid year he had 23 the year before that was 50 year before that 35 year 
I I, my, I mixed my columns up. 40, 29, 36. Yeah. He's, he gets a ton of walks because of that low strike rate. Yeah. Yeah. He gets a fair number of walks, but, but the, but the point is more than anything, he just puts the ball in play. Like he just hits the ball around. Like he puts it in play. Um, and so I think he's going to be actually a really fun player to watch because he's going to not strike. Like we, we say the boring outcomes in baseball are strikeout, walk, home run. And he actually just puts the ball in play a lot. Like that's what his specialty is, just putting the ball in play all the time. Has anyone done a spray chart yet? I'd like to see his spray chart from last year overlaid of Camden's dimensions. Yeah. Also- I want to know how much that left field wall is going to help some of these flyouts become, oh, he's got, he's a double machine. Well, Josh, the other thing is he's a left-handed hitter, and what's going away ne- 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 next year is the shift. And I don't know how much they oh, shifted him as a left-handed hitter. Good point. The um, but here's a guy who just puts the ball in play a ton. And so I think it's going to make for kind of an exciting player. Um, so that's and, – and then you also – I mean, even if you he's projected. So if you look at the projections – He's projected to bat 264, right? His batting average, 264. If you were to put him on last year's team at a 264 batting average, he would be that that would be our best batting average on the team. Josh, do, do you know what our batting average last year was as a team? What it's was a it? little it's a little bit embarrassing, but our batting average last year as a baseball team was 234 i'm sorry 236 our batting average was 236 okay here's a guy in his career worst year last year still batted better than 236 and he's projected next year to bat 264 and two years ago he batted over 300 so he's like a put the ball in play hit for average kind of guy he's not a three four five hitter he's not gonna hit home runs i mean last year he had he had what three home runs all of last year um, but he is going to put the ball in play. He is going to get a bunch of hits. Um, and so I think that's going to be kind of fun and entertaining to watch. Yeah. I mean, I just, you're right. His exit velocity didn't go down last year. Yeah. But his exit velocity stinks. It's never been good. It's 80, 85. Yeah. It stinks. Right. Because that's not what he does. But, he's a, he's, he's a guy. Remember when the, when the Orioles beat us in the division series, just with pesky hits, he's a little pesky hitter. That's what I'm saying. That's the same. It's always been. So it's not like fact or myth in the big game. The coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at keepitfunohio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. The last thing you want to hear while listening to your favorite podcast is another gimmicky ad. NJM feels the same way. It's why they provide award-winning service without the use of mascots or repetitive jingles. And when you upgrade to NJM, you could even save on your auto insurance. Better service and possible savings? Sounds like a win-win. No jingles or mascots, just great insurance. NJM. Visit NJM.com slash podcast for a quote to see how much you could save on your auto insurance. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. 
Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Only he lost his power. Oh, yeah. And if you look at his strikeout percentage, his walk percentage, like all that stuff pretty much stayed the same. He was the same hitter in a lot of the stats that he was when he batted 300. The wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbooks app, is officially live in Maryland. Now you can legally bet on all your favorite sports at DraftKings anytime, anywhere, right here in Maryland. For a limited time, new customers can sign up with the promo code SECTION336. That's SECTION and the numbers 336, all one words, will receive $200 in free bets instantly. This weekend... The Ravens host the Falcons. It's going to be a cold game. We saw what the Ravens did this week. I'm not sure if Lamar's going to be back, but the spread is the Ravens are up by 7.5. The Falcons are bad. The Ravens are good. I will take the Ravens at home with those points. I think they're going to crush the Falcons. I know we haven't seen many points put up, but the Ravens need a statement game. If they're going to make a statement game, it's this weekend against the Falcons. So go bet like me on the Ravens or anything else that you want to bet. DraftKings has the best features, including same-game parlays, unlimited player props, and more with the fast and easy payouts right at your fingertips. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go for all my sports bet needs. If you're visiting Maryland, so we can hop on the app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code SECTION336 to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Section 336. Please pay responsible for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus, must be physically present in Maryland. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. See DraftKings.com slash MD for full terms and conditions. Yeah, You're, you, got, you got me curious now. With the uh, with the ban and the shift, because that's gonna really help out left-handed batters specifically. Yeah. Well, and the other thing Mike Elias has, has said here, and this is kind of just a small little a- a- anecdote that Mike Elias has talked about before, is he talked about wanting to make the game more entertaining. He, he talked about when they moved the wall back. Yes, it was how about the pitchers, but he also said, I remember him saying this, that it was also to kind of for the entertainment of the game. Like there'll be more doubles, more triples, and that makes it more exciting. He's got a bunch of fast guys. And I think kind of in the, in the name of making the game more exciting, I think Adam Frazier in a weird way, he's like the most unexciting signing ever, but I think in a weird way, he makes it more exciting because he just puts the ball in play a ton. And I think with that too, with the lineup, I'm very curious to see where he bats in the lineup. I think he's on a play every day. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see where, where they put him in the lineup. You know what the percentage that they shift against them? What? It's not so exciting. Twelve point eight percent. Yeah, because yeah, because, because he puts he's the ball in play. play he puts it everywhere. He's a yeah. ball and play guy. Yep. Meanwhile, the guy he's replacing, Rugnet Ador. You know how often they shifted against oh, him last I would year? Say not ninety percent of the time. Ninety three point eight percent of the time. Yeah, every home run went where on on the Utah Street. Yeah. He was number six in guys in the MLB that was shifted against last year. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. So I, I mean, I think it's an interesting signing. It's not the big name. I, you know, there was an article, a really good article written by Dan Zimborski. Um, oh, that, didn't he, right. Didn't he give up his Orioles fandom? Yeah. I was giving Wasn't hard that Zimborski's thing because when they didn't pursue signing Shoei Otani, when they said that like they were not even pursuing signing right. Otani, right. he gave up with the Orioles. It always made me laugh. But um, of all the things that make you turn off. Um, but he, the, the the quote is Baltimore makes the title of the article is Baltimore makes a microscopic ripple by citing Adam Frazier. And he says a couple interesting things here. He says, I'll just read a couple excerpts. Yeah. We, we can respond to it. The, he says, Frazier will take over as Baltimore's starting second baseman. The main draw for his service is that he will be a bit less disappointing in 2022 than the incumbent second baseman, current free agent, Rugnet Odor. In that light, one could make an argument that this signing represents an incremental improvement at a reasonable cost. I'm not. He says, I'm not entirely convinced of this. The O's don't start 2023 with the same in-house options as they did last spring, as Gunnar Henderson's meteoric rise gives them another infielder and one with massive upside. So the question is whether Frazier is actually much of an upgrade if at all, over the players who would have likely received playing time at second base. And that's the question, right? And they actually even do a comparison. And that's the end of the end of the end of the excerpt. Right. But they do a comparison. And Jordan Westberg is projected to get a 1.8 war this season. And Adam Frazier is projected to get a 1.8 war. So Jordan Westberg is projected to be kind of just as good as Adam Frazier. Um, so the question is, why sign Adam Frazier when you can plug in Jordan Westbrook in the infield and get just as good as results? Not to mention the other options like Joey Ortiz and Connor Norby. Is Adam Frazier a real upgrade over those young players, or is this just you know, a reason to hold those young players down and a waste of a signing? Well, I mean, I guess it's, are those players ready? Like you're comparing against Westbrook, who might not be ready till July. And is that leadership then... Like a good thing, like because your infield's gonna be. You figure an infield will be Mountcastle, Fraser, Henderson, and Mateo or Urias, right? Something like that, and that would depend on whether Gunner's at you want Gunner at short or third at that point. And I'm sure you got some flexibility there, but it also gives you the freedom for a guy like Urias or Mateo if you think this is their peak that you can try to trade them this off season. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I mean, and, and to go there real quick, and I think the interesting thing is, I mean, I would push back against Zimbrowski a little bit and say they do, they're just very different players. Like Jordan Westberg is not going to hit for a high average. He's going to strike out a lot. He's going to hit more home runs than Adam Frazier, but Adam Frazier is going to put the ball in play more. Right. Adam Frazier is going to hit for a better average. Adam Frazier is going to play better defense. It's kind of what you need as well. And, and but it's, it's flexibility. Be... Yeah. And it's yeah. this and it's and I hope it means it's going back to the DH that we had in those fun Orioles seasons years ago, where you didn't have a real DH. The DH was a rest spot, a rotation spot. It was a way to get more guys in your lineup, not a guy who just sat on your bench and batted. It's a guy that, hey, I need I want to give Gunner a day off. I want to give Fraser a day off, where you can adjust things around because your bench. You can count on your bench. You don't have to have a Sunday lineup. Yeah. No, I'm not. No, I agree. 
And here's just one more paragraph from the article. And this is the paragraph that I think gets at Oriole's frustration. And I, 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 part of my frustration is this paragraph. He says, the 2022 and 2023 seasons should have been the Buddhist Roman for the O's, the coming of age of a team shifting from rebuilding mode to that of a serious contender. Or to put it differently, the Bond villain reveal moment when suddenly the master plan comes into view, whether it's triggering a nuclear war on a global scale, destroying humanity, establishing society under the sea or in space, the rising of price of water in Bolivia. I've been saying for years that now is not the time for the Orioles to make a big splash of bidding on top town free agency. But now is the time. Build on the 83-win season, push forward, and reignite the city's fading love affair with the orange and black. Josh, are the Orioles kind of bigger picture here missing a huge opportunity to build off last season to reignite as he says the city's fading love affair with the orange and black are are, is michael elias kind of swinging and missing here on the bigger picture of the orioles franchise no but we're not i i mean what it is is i think last year that i think this has been building and we've been getting excited about it. The the inside baseball guys like us know that this has been coming. So I think that, yeah, Mike knew that Elias, we'll just go, we're on first names, we'll go Mike. Yeah, Mike, I call him Mikey, but you can go yeah. with Mike. Mike knew that bringing Adley up was going to make a big impact. He knew that Gunner was ready for the majors. It's not like he didn't think these guys were going to make a difference. I think the fact that the pitching played well and the bullpen played extremely well were surprises that made last year a fun season that kind of made makes the Orioles not much of a surprise and takes away some of the like you think back of the Houston Astros and how like everyone laughed at Sports Illustrated cover saying the next World Series winner because they it was kind of a slow build it wasn't a slow build it was a we're here we're ready let's go and I feel like the Orioles had an opportunity where they could have said no one took us serious last year and said, oh, it was a fluke. We're here. We're ready. But I think instead he's doing a slow build of we made the grounds last year. Now we're going to make big steps this year. I wonder if you've handled free agency a little differently if John Means is healthy. If you had a legit time with Grayson Rodriguez. If you had Grayson Rodriguez at all in the majors last year and you're going into this season with a, a healthy rotation that you can count on, that you know what to expect, I think maybe you handle free agency a little differently and maybe then you really look into 2023 as, as World Series. Instead, we're playing like, hey, we want to be meaningful baseball in September. We'd love to sneak into the playoffs. I think that changes with a John Means, Grayson Rodriguez, and uh, uh, the other guy, I'm blanking on. The other yeah. Deal D- 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 Hall. Hall. D- Hall. Yeah, yeah. 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 And like, so I think it's kind of those many people had up years last year. It's kind of trying to set expectations on we're going to come in a little slow. Yeah. I, well, I mean, if the goal was, I mean, Kyle Gibson plus Kyle Gibson is a little bit better than Jordan Miles. Um, Adam Frazier. Yeah. I would say it's a more than a little bit better than Rudy Odor. Like you've made upgrades in both the, in both those positions, um, yeah. and so that, like that's a good thing. Now, 
we were expecting a big plus. Big, and we already talked about there, there's going to be upgrades in a rotation because Grayson Rodriguez will be there all year, assuming he doesn't right. get hurt. And I think D.L. Hall will be there. And if D.L. Hall is not there, he'll be in the bullpen, which is an upgrade. So um, there will be upgrades and, you know, whatever prospects come are going to be good, we assume. Right. Um, so there'll now, be in-house upgrades all season long, just like there were last year. Right. Now, I feel a little bit like maybe I'm coming across as like an Orioles apology just or a Michael Elias apologist because I was very yeah. frustrated last week. And I am frustrated. I'm frustrated because as a fan, yeah, I want to see all that money spent on Carlos Correa and I want to see Carlos Rodon because it would have been this huge splash and this big impact. And suddenly we're in the talk for the World Series. That's not how this is going to go. And I'm okay with that. I understand the process. Uh, liftoff got me excited. It wasn't liftoff. But it's not I'll just by that. But it's, it's not, not bad. Yeah. But I still want them to sign Nathan Avaldi. They still have the lowest yeah. pay, payroll in baseball. They still have spent the athletics, the, the joke of the athletics, the joke of the franchise, the Rays have all spent more money than we have in free agency. Like that's not, it's not just like we're not, we're not making a big splash. It's like we're doing very little in right. free agency. And part of it is because we have so many good options in house, and I get it. Like we and, a, and not wanting to lock us down long term. Yeah. Because we have stuff. Because we have this long term plan, and you don't want to kind of blow it up with, with one signing that, that can mess things up. But there's no reason why we can't sign Nathan Gavaldi for, 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 for two years. Right. There's, there's no reason that we can't be in talks with Adley Rutschman about a 10-year extension like the Braves do with all that, the That's players. what I want. I want That would make me feel a whole lot better about this offseason if we made those extensions. Um, you, Josh, you mentioned it quickly, and I'll just we'll go back to it. Um, this does make give the Orioles more flexibility in the infield. Speaking of which, there were, a report was out there by Ken Rosenthal Saying that after the Dansby Swanson signing, after he signed with the Cubs, yeah, all the good shortstops are off the board. Right, trade the, time. The Orioles got some calls about Jorge Mateo. Do you have to? He's gold. He's a Gold Glove level shortstop. Josh, how tempted are you if you're the Orioles to swing a deal for Jorge Mateo, given your depth at all that right. position? I'm extremely tempted because I'm good. I've got Urias there. I'm not, I, I don't think I'm going to keep Mateo and Urias both on my bench. So I've got flexibility there for one of those guys to go. I'm comfortable with both of them defensively. Um, I love Mateo's speed. I love Mateo and the Orioles. Here's what I do not want. You better not trade Jorge Mateo for prospects. Jorge Mateo's trade must make the 2023 Orioles better. And you got to make that trade to bring in a legit pitcher or a big left-handed bat that I get excited about. That would be my thought on a Mateo trade. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard to make those major league player for major league player type deals. But I agree with you. Like what liftoff, and we can debate what liftoff means, but um, like how much of liftoff is really liftoff. But what liftoff means is at its, at its very basic rudimentary level, that you're not trading major league talent for prospects anymore. We're, right. we're, we're beyond that. But you'd have to look at who are the teams that were in the shortstop sweepstakes that didn't get a shortstop. Those were the guys that would be calling us. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, it's, I mean, you could, you can point at the flaws 
I mean, he batted 221 last year. Like it wasn't lighting the run on fire. The K rate of 27%. Um, he doesn't have hit for a lot of power. Um, right. But what he does do very well is he's superb defensively, and he's a great base runner. And he's cheap. Yeah, and he's relatively cheap. Um, I mean, we picked him up off waivers from the podcast. He's, he's 1.8. It's his first season of arbitration. Yeah. He doesn't become a free agent until, what, 2026. Yep. So, yeah, so, so that's appealing when all these shortstops are going for exorbitant prices. Um, but for me, I look at – and the rule changes too, the bigger bags, the, the changing in the pickoff rules. I think there would be more stolen bases, advantage, fast runners – and to me, and I know it's it's crowded, but I would actually more I would be more willing to part with Urias actually that that than I would Jorge Mateo, because I think Jorge Mateo is that perfect kind of bench player who can play shortstop, can play other positions, can even play I think outfield in a pinch if you need him to. Also, who do you want in extra innings? You know, taking over, running at second base. Andy He's Chavez. your guy. Um, yeah, Andy Chavez not available. Um, so um, Mateo is your guy. I just think he's that he's that spark plug. He's so fun to watch. And this is kind of just personal thing. There's nothing more exciting than watching Jorge Mateo dive into third base as his helmet flies off for a triple. Um, so for those reasons, um, I really want them to hold on to Jorge Mateo. But he is coming off kind of a, a breakout year for him. Where he had 35 stolen bases, he did have his, um, you know, a, a good batting average compared to some some previous seasons. His WAR 2.8 was by far his best WAR, best defensive year of his career. So there are like I get it, I get the temptation, but I agree with you, Josh. You better be pulling back a a a top of the rotation. You, like you pair Mateo right. with someone else, and you get a top arm. Um, or a remember, real impactful bat if you're we, giving up Jorge Mateo. Remember, we've got the top farm system in baseball. So yeah, any we, we don't, yeah, prospects you're getting is low is BCs in our farm system. Yeah. Not, so don't give me a whole bunch of prospects. Give me you need a you need a shortstop. We need a pitcher. Let's work something out. Yeah. Come on, Marlins. Let's let's and I know that here, means yeah. that means probably throwing in Westberg or someone into this. Yeah. But I'm okay with that if you can bring me a legit pitcher. Yeah. Reach out to the Tigers. Who's the Tigers shortstop? I don't know. They got some pitchers. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, there's plenty of teams I think looking for a shortstop, and and yeah, I think you can pair them with a with a prospect that's not one of your top three, and and, and still get that arm if if you if you wanted to. Um, and you don't have to get give up. A, obviously, you don't have to give up a Jackson Holiday or Grayson Rodriguez or DL Hall one of our top arms or one of our top uh, prospects. Right. I agree. All right. Um, the other signing, Michael Givens, um, the bullpen arm returns after, you know, he, we, we trade him to the Rockies for Nevin and Vavra. Um, right. And I mean, it's been kind of a journey for Michael Givens since we traded him. He's played for what it's since 2020. He played for us. Then we traded him to Colorado. Then he played for Cincinnati. Then he played for the Cubs. Then he played for the Mets. So between 2020 and 2022, he's played for Baltimore, Colorado, Cincinnati, Chicago Cubs, and the Mets. Five different teams um, in those th- three three years. Um, and now he's coming back home to Baltimore. 
a little bit of a surprise signing, added some bullpen depth. Um, any thoughts on the Michael Gibbons trading? Um, Michael Gibbons signing. Um, I love Mike. I love Michael Gibbons. I'm kind of. I'm surprised he came to Baltimore and didn't resign in New York. You think I, I always pictured him as a Buck guy. So I yes, thought he'd I mean certainly for Buck pursued him and brought him in there. Yeah, right, right. So, but I can't. I mean, come on. I, I it's only been three years. I still love Givens. I hope he can perform like he did in Baltimore before. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean his his. What's interesting when I look at him is his. He, his ERA did not change that much. No. Even if you look at like his career worse, like it's not even that bad. Like he, I just, if he has a bad year, his ERA will be in the mid fours, right? He's not going to blow up and be in, you know, fives and sixes in the ERA. No. A he's bad mid, year. He's been mid fours once, and that was his last year in Baltimore. Yeah. Last year he was 338. Yeah. The year before that, 335. So, yeah. I mean, if you look at kind of confidence who I have in the bullpen, um, I have more confidence in him that, that, than I do in a Crable, um, in right. Aiken, probably in a Baker. Like, we don't talk about it much, but, like, bullpen depth is something. I know we assume Mike Elias can, like, pull these guys off kind of waiver wires and turn them into legit bullpen arms, but we don't have great bullpen depth. No. We got Batista, we have Tate, and we have Perez. Perez. Yeah. And I and I would put Givens right up there with those guys. Yeah, and then, we lost like, we lost Jorge Lopez last year. You right. Know, so this is right. also a so this is to a, hopefully address that. Yeah, upgrade to Baker or Galepsky or Watkins or Aikens. It's it's an upgrade for most of these guys. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's a fine signing. I mean, we'll see him throw in six and seventh innings. Um, yeah. And, no, and I, he's uh, yeah he's he's a, he's a veteran. Now his velocity went down a little bit from like average 95 to now he was 93 last year. So you hope that the average velocity doesn't continue to go down. Um, but it seems like a, it seems like a decent signing. Yeah. Is there anyone left on the team that he knows? Oh, sure. 2020. Well, I don't know. Think about it. Right. Well, was he traded in the 2020 season. Okay. He was traded in that short year. I think so. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, yeah, he pitched 12 games for the Orioles in 2020 and then 10 in Colorado. So midseason, he was traded. Yeah. All right, so uh, Ryan Mountcastle. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know when all these guys were. I mean, Ramon Urias would have been there, right? Santander would have definitely been there. Hayes would have been there. Mullins would have been there. So, yeah, there's a good amount of players. In the bullpen, Aiken would have been there. Um, Is that it in the bullpen? Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm just pulling up the Orioles 2020 roster. Aiken was there. Tate would have been uh, there. Dylan right? Tate was there. I think that's Cole the only Saucer member was there. Yeah, but Cole Saucer is no longer in the team. I, know, I, I don't think he is. I don't yeah. think he is either. Um, yeah, no. Um, that takes care of the bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> been, um, those are the only two guys. Um Let's see. Urias was there. Yeah, Urias would have been there. Hayes and Mullins and Santander, the whole outfit. Mullins and Santander. And that is it. That is your entire roster that still is around from 2020. Yeah. And a couple starting pitchers, right? Uh, Means, I know he's hurt now. 
but he would have been there. And John Means me, was there. Yeah, I guess that's it for the pitchers. Did Zimmerman make his debut by then? Bruce Zimmerman. Zimmerman was there as well. Okay, I, I, I forget that we still have Zimmerman. He's still here. Did Dean Kramer? Did he, was Dean Kramer on that roster? Dean Kramer was not. Yes, he was on that roster. Okay. And now you're bringing up guys that I forget are on the 2023 roster. Yeah, because Dean Kramer was good in 2020, terrible in 2021. Yeah, great in 2022, and we'll. TBD to 2023. Yeah, I forgot that those guys are on the roster. Yeah, they're guys that are going to try to make some starts before John Means is healthy and ready. Take advantage. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the depth chart on starting pitching on the 40 man, we have there's like nine guys on there, Josh, who are listed as starting pitchers um, Gibson, Kramer, Bradish, Wells, Rodriguez, Voth, Zimmerman, Hall. I think Bauman is still listed as a starter. There's a bunch of guys on there. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Still plenty right. of time. When's, what do we have? Uh, about two months until spring training reports? Yeah. So at this point, like for agency, I want them to sign Nathan Avaldi and maybe pull a trade. Though, again, I think there's a lot of benefit of wait, and I think Michael Elias might do this, like slow play it. Any trades you make now, you could probably do a similar deal at the All-Star break. And so maybe you wait to the All-Star break, see how Kramer, Bradish, Rodriguez, yeah. Hall, see what happens with those guys, wait till the All-Star break, and then pull the trigger. But the reality of it is, like it's Unless not, you like think Zimbrowski's not wrong. Yeah, like we're, Zimbrowski's not wrong. Like we have Westberg, Norby, like we have a lot of infielders, right. and all these guys, and are they played at AAA get... last year. Right. So where do you put them? And they're all going to at least get looked at in Sarasota as options. Yeah, Ortiz oh. is on that list too. Yeah, Westberg, Ortiz, Norby, like those are three guys who I think they all played at Norfolk last year for the majority of the season, who are legit options to be in the Orioles now. But there's no room for any of those three three guys. So it's going to be really interesting to see right. how they'll handle that. Yeah. Plus, someone's going to make the Gunnar Henderson type move. Maybe it's a guy like Kobe Mayo, where you, he's going to push, and you didn't expect him, but he's he's MLB ready early. Yeah. I think Gunner Cody Henderson, Hauser made a similar move last year, and if he continues yeah. that, he's going to be knocking on the door and say, hey, Correct. get me in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we have 56 days until pitchers and catchers report. So plenty of time to make a trade. Of course, nothing's going to happen over the next week. Right. Right. We There's going to be a flurry of moves this now. week, and then things will shut down. And then, yeah, yeah. after New Year's. See you in January. Yeah. Um, all right. Did you want to get to the – I mean, we're, we're already at 930, Josh. We're yeah. already an hour normally in. We do, normally, we do a Christmas wish list at this time. Yeah. But you know what? Next week's going to be slow. Next week, let's do some, like, New Year's resolutions. Okay, what we want to see Stuff in we our own lives and in the life of Michael Elias and the Orioles. Let's go. Life. Let's go. Orioles, personal lives, and Section 336. All right. Three topics. And then um, my Christmas wish will be that the zany one joins us next week. Oh, yeah. Let's try to make that happen. I think it'll happen because he's staying at my home. Okay. So it's going to be hard for him to avoid me next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. We haven't talked about it, but I'm a little complicated. You got a travel I'm, schedule. so we I'm at the in-laws. Yeah. Um, we'll have to figure it out. Yep. Yeah.
All right. Well, that's our last episode before Christmas. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy, I, I, you know. Hanukkah. We're in the middle of Hanukkah. Okay. Thank you, Josh. I think it's like day three. I did not expect you to go, to, to go there. Thank you for saying that, though. Appreciate it. Let's get out of here. You can follow us on Twitter for all Josh's. Uh, I'm sure Josh tweets out Happy Hanukkah all the time. Um, you can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Make sure you're checking out BirdlandSports.com as well. I've got necklaces up going up today. That's my new thing. Oh, are you are you going to cross over into Etsy? I am. Uh, we are already on Etsy. Okay, I didn't know that. All right. I'm making, I feel like the yes. Etsy thing. Yes, yeah. you can find your Oreo gear on Etsy as well. But I prefer if you buy it just straight from me at BirdlandSports.com. But yes, I'm on Etsy and a little bit on Amazon as well. I'm covering all my bases. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I was just joking. I'm glad you're there. Um, And you can follow me um, at Section336. Don't don't forget to leave a review if you haven't done already um, on on iTunes. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go over. Sign of Aldi. Fact or myth? In the big game, the coin toss usually comes up heads. That is a myth. In fact, tails has come up more often in recent years. Football is full of myths. Like the pigskin isn't actually made of pigskin. Gambling is a share of myths too. Unfortunately, believing gambling myths can cost you a lot of money. So learn what's myth and what's fact at KeepItFunOhio.com. You'll also find helpful tips, interesting quizzes, and great games all to help ensure gambling is always fun. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.